Mother, how about that? There we go. Anyhow, um, Daryl is going to come up and tell about the exciting happenings going on here. But before he does that, what I want to tell you as he comes up, that's fine, Daryl, is um, back in the narthex on the table are some sign-up sheets and to make you aware of upcoming events, uh, Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, and so forth. So uh, if you would, on your way out, um, please let us know if you are uh, coming and if you're able to help in uh, facilitating the services. I'd appreciate that. And yesterday we sent uh, uh, our beloved uh, Jerry Buchanan, uh, we memorialized her at a, a funeral event here with her family, and I want to thank everybody that was here to support the family as a, as a church, and uh, the family appreciates it. They send their respects and their gratitude to you. Okay? Thanks, Daryl. Uh, pretty much everything's in the bulletin. Uh, uh, I don't see Ashley again today, but... Uh, other than that, uh, birthdays are pretty much all gone, over, except for Wendy Vogelfane, and nobody really sees her around too much anymore, her and her mom. Uh, I want to talk about thir uh, Friday. Uh, as of Thursday night, I'm going to come out and I'm going to put some cones across the driveway, and we're going to have the parking lot re 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 redone. Uh, they're going to seal the parking lot and put new striping on it, and hopefully we can be back on it by Saturday. Uh, and if we don't need to, we'll probably keep the cones up until, if nobody needs to come in on Saturday, we'll keep the cones up until probably Saturday afternoon or Saturday evening. So if you come in and you see cones, that's what it's all about, uh, trying to keep this parking lot as long as we can. So get it refurbished. And uh, that's really about all the new exciting announcements we got this week. So we'll turn it over to the pastor. Very good. Well, we are grateful to have uh, Nick back with us today, and our opening hymn is found on page 34 in the Lutheran Book of Worship. So let us sing as unto the Lord. <laughs>
Will you please stand if you're able? We come together this morning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. <clears throat> Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his son to die for you. And for his sake, he forgives you all of your sins. And as you're called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Save, 
Comfort and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. God, you see that of ourselves we have no strength. By your mighty power, defend us from all adversities that may happen to the body and from all evil thoughts that may assault and hurt the soul. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. The first reading this morning is taken from the book of Genesis chapter 17, verses 1 through 7, and then 15 and 16. This can be found on page 22 in the Pew Bible. Genesis 17, beginning with the first verse. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. Then I will make my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. Abram fell face down, and God said to him, As for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham. For I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you very fruitful. I will make nations of you and kings will come from you. I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for the generations to come, to be your God and the God of your descendants after you. God also said to Abraham, as for Sarai, your wife, 
You are no longer to call her Sarai. Her name will be Sarah. I will bless her and will surely give you a son by her. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations. Kings of peoples will come from her. The second reading this morning is taken from Psalm 22, verses 23 through 31. We'll read it responsibly. You can find it on page 6 in your bulletin. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, honor him. Revere him, all you descendants of Israel. For he has not despised or scorned the suffering of the afflicted one. He has not hidden his face from him, but has listened to his cry for help. From you comes the theme of my praise in the great assembly. Before those who fear you, I will fulfill my vows. The poor will eat and be satisfied. Those who seek the Lord will praise him. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations will bow down before him. For dominion belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. All the rich of the earth will feast and worship. All who go down to the dust will kneel before him, those who cannot keep themselves alive. Posterity will serve him. Future generations will be told about the Lord. They will proclaim his righteousness, declaring to a people yet unborn, he has done it. The epistle this morning is taken from Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. And this can be found on page 1752 in the Pew Bible. Romans chapter 5, beginning with the first verse. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son. How much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. 
thanks be to God. Jesus loves you, and so does everybody in here. <laughs> the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark from the 8th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Our Gospel this morning is from Mark 8, verses 27 through 38, and can be found on page 1566 in your pew Bible. Mark records, Jesus and his disciples went on to the villages around Caesarea Philippi. And on the way, he asked them, Who do people say I am? And they replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, one of the prophets. But what about you? He asked, who do you say I am? And Peter answered, You are the Messiah. Jesus warned them not to tell anyone about him. He then began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and after three days, rise again. He spoke plainly about this. And Peter took him aside, and he began to rebuke him. But when Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter. Get behind me, Satan. That's what he said. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. And then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples, and he said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it? For someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels." This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus, because nothing comes of worth from any other source. So, 
Does anyone here relate to or just love Peter? You know, there are times when I read of Peter that I hear words spoken to me by my big brother, my much older brother. He said this to me. He goes, you know, your other foot would probably fit in your mouth. Why don't you try it out and see? In one verse, Peter is the hero. And just a few verses later, he's doing the will of Satan. Peter's mouth and his way of responding to things that he does not fully understand, well, that brings comfort and hope for me, to me. What joy to know Jesus' forgiveness. Can I get an amen? Amen. We hear in the gospel that Jesus took his disciples, they went up north, to the area around Caesarea Philippi to get away from the crowds for a time. And uh, Caesarea Philippi is about 25 miles north of the Sea of Galilee. It was near Mount Hermon, and it was the source of the Jordan River. And so this little retreat, if you will, allowed Jesus and his disciples to be alone and so that Jesus could attend to their instruction. And in modern day terms of like and kind, we can envision this time as part of their seminary training. And what a dean of the seminary they had. Now, some professors in Christian seminaries, they will proclaim that all theology is Christology. So what's that? Well, that is if you solidly understand the identity of Christ, the rest of theology, which is the understanding of God, theos, is a piece of cake. If you understand who Jesus is, then understanding God and his nature is simple, easy peasy. Apparently, Jesus thought the same thing because he was teaching his disciples about the nature of the Christ. Christ is a title, the Christ. And of course, in Jesus' case, this means that he was teaching the disciples about himself. He began by asking them to consider what the people, what the people were saying about him. And he asked very specifically, who do people say that I am? And the disciples came back with all kinds of wrong answers. John the Baptist. Others said Elijah. And others said, eh, one of the prophets. I don't know if they said eh, but... They didn't know. And then Jesus moved on. And he asked them, but who do you 
say that I am. And he wanted to hear their personal confession. And of course, Peter was the first to put into words what the other disciples were thinking. He said, you are the Christ. And in this case, Peter got, he got the words exactly right. It is like Peter, if we're going to put it to golf terms in the golf vernacular, it's like Peter sank a 50-foot putt for eagle. Hitch into hole. And as any golfer or any spectator of golf, they know this, that the celebration of on the green is not meant to last. And the reason for that is that there is another hole to play. And there is another time to tee up the ball and to drive the ball until the round is finished. It ain't over till it's over. And we heard that even though he got the words right, Peter didn't really understand their true meaning. And then we witness Peter as he shanks his drive from the tee into the lake. He goes from hero to zero. And at this point in his ministry, Jesus knew that the disciples did not properly understand the, me the meaning of Peter's good confession. And that is the reason that he told the disciples to keep quiet about it for the time being. And that is also the reason that Jesus began telling them about the true meaning of Peter's confession. In today's gospel, it says this, it says, He, Jesus, began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and he must be killed. And after three days he will rise again. And he said this plainly. His disciples found this message to be deeply offensive. Peter, especially, took offense at these words, these words of Jesus. Peter took Jesus aside, we read, and he began to rebuke him. You know, we don't, we don't use that word rebuke very often. But it means that Peter really laid into Jesus. Peter actually tried to give Jesus a bawling out, a dressing down, a lecture. He's literally criticizing God. And of course, Jesus loved Peter too much to let him get away with that. We read that Jesus stopped. He did an about face. And he laid into Peter. Jesus used some pretty strong language too. He said, get behind me, Satan. For you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. Jesus could be gentle, but not this time. He blasted Peter. Now, just last week, we talked about how the devil 
continued to tempt Jesus. And one of the greatest temptations went something like this. This is not in the Bible, but this is your pastor's paraphrase, okay? So forgive me. Satan said something like this. Listen, Jesus, this whole cross thing, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt a lot. And you have the power. And you can increase your following by just doing a few of those miracles. There is really no reason for you to follow through on that plan of yours to suffer. Everyone is expecting you to set up an earthly kingdom. Why not give them what they expect? And so when, when Peter took Jesus aside and scolded Jesus, Peter was acting as an agent of Satan. He was tempting Jesus to give up his road to the cross. Can you see that now? That's what he was doing. The cross is the main reason that the Son of God took on human flesh in the first place. The Old Testament declares that Christ must suffer, must die, and rise from the dead. This was the plan from eternity. This is exactly what Jesus was teaching his disciples when Peter interrupted him. Now hear this. The devil, oh boy, the devil is still at work trying to hide the cross. Our modern society often finds the cross to be offensive. It is a gruesome and it is a foolishness to the world. It is R-rated for violence, and the world chalks it up to fantasy. Just a story about a sky man and his son. That's the world. Truly, it's hard to fathom to understand the shame and cruelty. And many will try to bury the cross message. Jesus loves these people. He loves them too much to let them get away with that. In today's gospel, it speaks to those who wish to hide the cross. And it says, get behind me, Satan, for you are not setting your mind on things of God, but on things of man. For example, some people say, all right already. We heard about the cross. Now, let's move on to other teachings of the Bible. To these people, Jesus would say, get behind me, Satan. You know, the Holy Spirit inspired St. Paul to write in 1 Corinthians 2. He said, For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And yet, still some will ask, Does every devotion need to talk about the cross? Or does Pastor Ken need to mention, We preach Christ and Him crucified every Sunday? And to these people, Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. In Matthew 19, 14, Jesus said, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. And even so, some ask, 
Do we have to remind the children of that ugly cross every Sunday to these people, Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. The devil, the world, our own sinful nature would do anything and everything to get the cross out of our lives. For it is on the cross that our Savior died and defeated the devil, the world, and our own sinful nature. It is on the cross that our Savior died to take away our sins. And the Holy Spirit inspired Paul to write this in 1 Corinthians 1. He wrote, Christ crucified is a stumbling block to the Jews and a folly to the Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God, for the foolish, foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Jesus does not mince words. He is blunt with Peter, and he is blunt with you and with me. Hear me. These words are not given to drive us away. They are given to move us back where we belong. Jesus did not tell Peter and the other disciples, so you are offended by my cross? He didn't say this. He said, well then, I unfriend you. All you guys are no longer my disciples. Away with you. That's not how it works. That's not how Jesus works. We read that he continued to teach them. He continued to prepare them. And when the time was right, the disciples had lived through the experience of knowing their master was dead on a cross. The time was right, and Jesus rose from the dead, and he appeared to them. In Luke 24, he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, Thus it is written, that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise again from the dead, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. Jesus has restored them to himself. And he does the same thing with us. In spite of our rebellion, he calls us to follow him. He opens our eyes to the power of God in his crucifixion. And he shows us the forgiveness of our sins in his crucifixion. In his crucifixion, he shows us salvation and life everlasting. And for we know we will receive all these things through the Holy Spirit's gift of faith in Him. Through that same faith, we will follow Him through death and into resurrection of everlasting life. Which promises does Jesus keep? Which promises does Jesus keep? All of them. 
Jesus has promised that life in this world will be hard for those who follow him. Their confession of faith may bring them shame in this world. It may even bring them death. Yet he has promised, whoever loses his life for my sake and the sake of the gospel will save it. Those who have the Holy Spirit's gift of faith in Jesus Christ may lose everything in this world. But in the end, God promises eternal life. And that is why that we can say in all circumstances, through all challenges and all troubles, it's going to be okay. Jesus promised. In the name of Jesus, amen.
please stand if you're able? Let us now confess our faith together to the words of the Apostles' Creed found on page 3 of your bulletin. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray for the whole church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Heavenly Father, give us your Holy Spirit that we might deny ourselves and take up the crosses you give and follow your Son through this troubled life into heaven. Prepare us to give up our lives, knowing that Christ has already saved them. Lord, in your mercy, O Lord, give the church and all her servants grace to fulfill the ministries to which you have committed them. Grant each of us the strength to confess Christ boldly before the world. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, teach us to shun neither the, our Lord's suffering nor our own when we endure persecution or ridicule for being your children. Give us faith and perseverance. And as you have promised, deliver us out of the hand of the wicked and redeem us from the grasp of the ruthless. Lord, in your mercy. Oh God, Abraham was only one when you called him, but you blessed and multiplied him. Protect mothers with child and equip fathers to lead and to raise their households in your fear and love. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord, all kingship belongs to you, and you rule over the nations. Bless Joseph, our president, and those who govern, that they may rule wisely and in accord with your will. Lord, in your mercy, great physician, heal and restore. We especially Remember Jonathan Poole, grandson of Laura Farian, who is ill and in need of your healing hands as he is in the ICU. 
We pray a blessing over him, healing for him, and peace for his family. Give them your holy care, all who are in need, and strength to bear their crosses, that they may endure to see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord, at your table, the afflicted eat the body and blood of your Son and are satisfied through our afflictions. Deepen our hunger for this table that we may eat and drink and be satisfied by Christ's saving life. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, receive our praise this day for St. Peter and his confession that Jesus is the Christ. We rejoice that your Son builds his church upon this rock and that the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. Keep us in this faith all our days through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. May the peace of the Lord be with you all. Let us share the peace. Will you please pray with me? Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made for the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord, who bid your people cleanse their hearts and prepare with joy the paschal feasts. Renew our zeal and faith and life and bring us to the fullness of grace that belongs to the children of God. And so, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. And when uh, the night when our Lord Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he gave thanks. And then he broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. 
do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples saying, take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let us all pray together the prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. The sacrament of the altar is for all who confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. It is a means of grace that rescues us from sin, death, and the devil, imparts his grace upon us. If that is your confession, then come. The table is prepared. In the wine, there is wine in the outer circle that is red, and then in the inner circle is grape juice or apple juice for those that do not care to have the wine. Come. The table is prepared.
And now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our sending hymn is the battle hymn of the Republic. It is on page 332. Thank you.